This is a Story Garden co-production, a media production company where we strive to tell community-driven stories in the heart of the Texas Hill Country in Kerrville, Texas. We would like to thank the Kerr County Lead for sponsoring and assisting in this production. You can check out Story Garden Co. on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Now, to the show. Welcome to How We Do It, episode five. Nice. All right. I am Allison Amistoy, owner of Story Garden Co., and I'm with the lovely Catherine Boyette. Hello. And we are interviewing Carrie Wilt. Woo. Yes. Carrie Carrie is kind of a jack of all trades. Um, She has her own podcast. She had, in quote, um, uh, her own podcast of Well-Intended Life. She has her own Airbnb business with Well-Intended Life Properties and a co-owner of Grape Juice Restaurant and also a mother and a wife. Yes. There's All a lot the of, things. A lot of hats sure. you wear. <laughs> I can just personally say I'm so excited and thank you so much for coming on the show because I've been a huge admirer. I think you're a great example to women here in Kerrville and just getting out there and doing it, being involved in the community making it all happen and making it look easy. So thank you. Well, that's for being not here. the truth. It's not easy. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But right? It's not. But thank you so thank much you. for being here. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just sad because I get to like have a true conversation with you without having a customer interrupt. Yes. yes. I'm excited. I'm, so. I'm like the, I'm the coffee shop barfly <laughs> here. <laughs> so there's yes. a few of them. Yes. Allison's a good therapist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you just need coffee and your barista as your therapy, and then that's it. Oh, yeah. All right. So the first question that we always like to ask mm-hmm. is, where were you born? What's your background? Sure. All of the goods. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Yeah. So uh, I was born in Irving, Texas, uh, home of, former home of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, I always tell people that I'm an oops kid. Because I think it helps define who I am. I'm. Uh, I have two older brothers that are seven and ten years older than I am. Nice. And then, so I'm kind of like an only child that happened to have only older brothers. Because by the time I was kind of like middle school and like real memories formed, like they were gone. Yeah, um, same here. But I was also raised with two older brothers, which also meant that like I had to speak football. I had to be rough and tumble. Um, I learned. A guy language, for lack of better terms, um, real early, which I think later on really uh, helped me in business, um, being able to relate that way um, as well. But so, yeah, grew up in Irving, um, was not a great student. Um, uh, I loved English. Um, I loved to write back then. Um, and uh, But I wasn't really um, a, a good student at all. Matter of fact, um, I picked my college based off of the fact that they sent me an automatic acceptance. <laughs> you were like, and I was like, I'll I go can do there. this. <laughs> yes. So I went to uh, Stephen F. Austin. Wait, can we oh, yeah, sure. So you're one of three. I'm one of three. Are you one of three? I'm not one of three, but my. You're the youngest. I'm the youngest, but my older brother is eight years older than I am. So, okay, so you get it. I yes. totally understand. Yeah. And then being raised by my dad as well. So I was, I was raised with that like kind of culture, the same as like, Oh, you kind of have to know football. Baseball was a big thing in our house. still is to this day. And so are you, you close know. to your oldest? Cause I'm the oldest and I have a sister who is nine years younger than me. So yes. right there. And we definitely have like a special oldest, youngest bond. Yeah. I always, so even like growing up, like I, I'm actually very close with both of them now, but growing up, the the way it worked was the oldest would pick on the middle one right and then the middle one would pick on me right and then (laughs) I would cry because the oldest one would then like get mad at the middle one and like it was this like vicious cycle because you know he was defending me right but I was like wait a minute no everybody should be happy and um so yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of me. Not entirely because my brother was such a sweetheart, and I was mm. kind of the mean one because I I have just a much brighter and kind of more fiery personality than he is. He is a much more gentle, quieter soul, and so like he would like touch my car seat and I would scream. And oh yeah, so that was that <laughs> oh. was that dynamic. But like we've grown so much and I've like he's he's one of my best friends I think family dynamics are super interesting because 
at least for me going into my adult life, I can see people there. I'm like, Oh yeah, they're doing that thing that my sister does. I know how to do it. I know how to handle this one. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you remind me so much of so-and-so. Like I know exactly what to do here. Like really good training ground. They say your first family teaches you how to choose your second family. Yes. You know, and second family doesn't necessarily have to be marriage or whatever. It's friends, it's family, it's coworkers, coworkers, all the things you gravitate towards those people who, you know, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right, it'll teach you either, yeah, either what you want or what you don't want. This is very true. So have you found that there's certain things that you grew up with that you've either discarded, learned from, decided I want to do it differently, or do is, is it pretty intuitive that you feel like, like I felt like I had to unlearn some things and then learn how I wanted to do it my way, or even with parenting. Yeah. Like, oh, this is how... Oh, this is this is the way I was raised. This is how I should do it. And then I'm like, oh, this doesn't really apply to me and my family now. Right. You know, so picking and choosing. I don't know where the question was in that, but Yeah, I you know, um I, I won the parent lottery. I had, I had a great set of parents. Um they they live here now and my mom's like the biggest cheerleader for everybody um around them and I've I so I didn't I don't think I had to unlearn um so much. But I mean, I'm find sure. your own way yeah. of doing it. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. But there, I think there's probably more times that I go like, oh my gosh, did you just hear my mother come out of me? Or, or <laughs> even my brothers. Yeah. You know, same thing. Actually, we were in the car yesterday and <laughs> I was laughing and my daughter was like, oh my gosh, that was Uncle Matt. Why is Uncle Matt in the car? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So kind of going back. So you sure. went to college at Stephen F. Austin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And what did you like major in all of that? Um, well, what didn't I major in? <laughs> Right. Mm. So I was took a I, few tries. Well, you know, coming out of high school, I was one of those kids that like if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up, like actually if you ask me now, I'll still tell you I have no idea. Yeah, I feel that um, same. And I remember like looking around at these friends of mine that were like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do that. Like they had very specific things and thinking like, what is wrong with me? Like yeah, something sure. must be broken. And so I actually went into college as an English major and a journalism minor. I wanted to be a writer. Um, right off the bat, um, uh, and um, but I went into my first English class and I got a C. Yeah, and I was like, well, I yeah, don't really want to get C's for the rest of my college career, and so I decided to switch my major to public speaking because I could still write, but nobody had to read my written word. Yeah, but kind of. In between all of there, I think I was a nutrition major. I was a, um, I don't even know. I feel like there were there were many, uh, but ultimately, whatever had the least amount of math was probably what where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of me and how I chose my major because I was originally an English major, and then I had like one year of it, and I was like, I don't want to read Chaucer, and I'm like, I I don't want to read all the time. No. I, that wasn't my that was my jam and. And I found communication and found communication specialist, which was like you get communication and you get film digital media. And then I added on an international studies minor. So I'm like, cool. I'm like in all the different departments. I'm good. That's yeah. funny. It was just like kind of perfect. I feel like we're all kindred spirits because I was originally going to be an English teacher too. <laughs> and I definitely can really relate to what you're saying about growing up feeling like I don't know what I want to be, but... I, oh, just I had no idea touch on it even when I was younger I guess the being a writer was the closest I could get to it yeah. I wanted to do something creative yeah. but something that felt I, I don't know that's the closest I could touch upon it but I ended up switching because I had a bad experience in English too which uh and I switched to theater because it was like oh more of the performative I, I want I can communicate yeah. my ideas that way yeah you know mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think it's really interesting about when we go to school and we have, it's so easy how just you can go right instead of left and it changes the whole trajectory of your life, you know? Yeah. Well, sure. and at the end of the day, most people I know never use the degree that they got anyways. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, they're a engineering degree and they're a teacher or they're, you know, yeah. no, no, you know, that was like when I chose like communication and like now after, um, graduating and people are like, Oh, so what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I'm, I'm low key doing it. Yes. Like, I'm communicating with people every single day at my job and I trying to find, figure out what's the best way to communicate with people, even if people are difficult. And then especially during COVID with learning how to communicate with people through masks and really like 
listening and like looking at their eyes about like what they wanted and what they needed and stuff and just trying to be ahead of the game like that's all communication and then doing film and then i did film and stuff on the side and then international studies was basically the entire world around me so i'm like i'm living my major very very well so i use mine every day oh yeah. yeah yes it just comes back to us sometimes in like a circuitous way You know, we realize like, oh, I learned all these things that I'm using later. I just think, I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of formal education in any way, though, that if you can get your college degree, I think that it just teaches you so many things inside and outside of the classroom. Oh, 100%. You know, not everybody always has the access to it, but um, I wish more people did. Yeah. No, we just, so we just sent my first off to college. Oh. Yeah. We don't even, we're not talking about it. I'm (laughs) I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. I'm not depressed. I'm good. Um, No. uh, And I, I actually, I sent him off to college and he's, he's a great student. He's at A&M. But I was like, I I don't, I really don't care what grades you get. I was like, but I want your, your job while you're there is to go create as many relationships as you can. Mm -hmm. Go meet as many people as you can. Go, go get to know them because really that's what life is about. Yeah. Life is about people and, 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 and creating memories and and learning through them. Yeah. Um, It is one of the hard things about raising your kid in a really small town is there's not a whole lot of diversity. There is a lot of like-minded people. And so, um, you know, I was like, man, just go, go, go make some really, really, really great friends, you know, learn, you know, college is about time management and learning to stick through something when it's hard and, and all of those things. No, nobody once has ever asked me what I got in, um, what grade did you get? Probability statistics, which was a <laughs> yeah. D by the way, oh, <laughs> the only D on my transcript, actually not true. I also got, I also took zoology three times. <gasps> oh my oh, God. Oh, you really because, stuck with it. Well, here's the deal. I really thought I signed up for the class thinking, oh, I like zoo animals. <laughs> Y'all, I consider myself a very smart person, but for some reason that day I was like, oh, I, I think I could do zoo animals. And then I was like, oh no. And oh actually, so I had to take it and I had to drop it. I got really sick my freshman year. And so my dad had to uh, go drop it for me. And then I took it and I failed it. And then I had to take it again. Oh my God. And you're like, I do it. not like zoo animals do not, no, anymore. It is, it is not about zoo animals. It's about amoebas and everything smaller than that. And it's a foreign language. Oh my gosh. It's that's like microbiology yeah, yes. probably. It's ridiculous. That's hilarious. So, so your oldest went away to school. You wanted him to have experiences outside of different than the way they grew up. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 yeah that's my one goal for Laurel too. She's three. I have a long way to go. Yes. But I want her to live other places, go other places, love the benefits that we get here in our small community. But I uh, definitely want her to see outside of it. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a, a better perspective on life. Um, yeah. Most of the world doesn't think the way we do. Yeah, I mean, I knew, like, I think it's interesting I moved from, like, California to Texas mm-hmm. because I came out, like, after going to college and everything, I actually came out with way more, op- I was way more open-minded and, you know, kind of understood the world better and, and also like trying to understand people better and that's just because and it was interesting because it's a baptist university and so everybody's like oh so you were just like just about you know world religion and whatever but i'm like but i learned so much mm-hmm. and how it also you know attributes to me being a christian and how it actually enhances my christianity rather than being with all only my like-minded people but also like you're expanding and you're learning more from other people as of well course. so i was like you know i it was a great college was awesome so yeah, i would totally do college again i would too tomorrow <laughs> oh i love Lewis college. Is shaking his head <laughs> yeah. he's never done never really done college not so. well if you get that like formative college of experience that all yeah. of the three of us had oh, yeah. i talked to people who are like oh i worked 40 hours a week and i was getting my nursing degree and i had a two-year-old son they're like i wouldn't do college again i'm like that doesn't that's not experience we right yeah you know no so i'm kind of debating i kind of just want to go to talk about enneagram stuff (laughs) (laughs) but like our other question was about like kind of getting into curva and like why you moved here but let's can we talk about enneagram stuff first (laughs) you can do whatever you want curva is a quick story yes so let's do well yeah i guess well so how did you end up in curva yeah 
so uh, I grew up, uh, I went to camp here. Oh, so my brothers okay. went oh, to Camp cool. Stewart, mm-hmm. um, and I went to uh, Mo Ranch. Uh-huh. And so, and then we would always kind of like come down here even in the summers after all that. Um, and so, I mean, Kerrville just kind of gets in your blood and in, 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 in you. And my husband's a big hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we lived in Dallas, um, uh, he basically spent all week long trying to get out of town to go hunt. Mm. And it kind of, once we started having kids, he was like, I'd love to live in a place where we could kind of do all the things. Um, and we were also really like living in the city like you never saw your neighbors unless they were mowing their lawn like you were like backyard people right like you never saw anybody and we were really craving community Mm -hmm. that we just knew we couldn't get where we were yeah um and so literally pat came in the door after um he got stuck in traffic like six hours behind like a jackknife 18 wheeler oh Oh my god he was like i'm done i'm done and i was pregnant with my daughter I was like, okay. I was like, well, you know, I, at the time I worked for Crayola mm-hmm. and I was like, I can move anywhere. So you just got to get a job. And like maybe four weeks later he had a job and we moved down here with a, a six week old baby and a three year old son, a daughter, our daughter was six weeks old and a um, three year old son. Dang. But what a testament to like y'all, like as a family, we're like, this is what we're doing and yeah. we're doing it. And we've kind of started to notice a little bit of a theme because we talk about like rural versus urban life and why we all feel so lucky to live here in Kerrville and what makes it so special. And I really think this, that community aspect is just so intangible. Yeah. Yeah. What I didn't know though, is that that really doesn't come for most, most women specifically. I I say that just because from my perspective, but like until your kids get into school, school Mm -hmm. or you have a job, um, that's what ends up, pl- or a church, or those are the things that plug you into a community. And so that first year was real lonely for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still had a foot in in my job world, which wasn't anywhere near here. Nobody understood what I was doing and how I was doing it. And then here was just kind of taking my kid back and forth to, to daycare. And um, I mean, I remember like seeing cute girls like in the grocery store being like, like, how do you meet a friend? Like I didn't even, you know, I was a grown adult and I didn't even know like how to meet people. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, And for us, it was grape juice. Um, When we opened uh, grape juice in Ingram, uh, it opened like the doors to people. We were like, oh, hi, I like you. (laughs) You're nice. We should have dinner sometime. I'm really I appreciate you sharing that part of it too because it's easy to just look at everything as like everything's great and like everything like I said shared with you like you make it look so easy but you know moving to a new place is hard and there is a big adjustment yeah and I think everybody struggles with that too my first year was lonely too but I got plugged into the theater community here yeah so I met people that way but even still didn't feel really really rooted probably until I started my job that I've been at now for like seven or eight years and really just started making, I felt like it was everything started connecting and coming together and felt like a network instead of just, Oh, I know someone from this show or I know this woman from my kids. So-and-so daycare or whatever, but you know, it kind of all came together then. Yeah. That's why I'm like so like thankful that I worked here at Pike and Blow yes. and as a barista because that really has allowed me to just get to know like I that's how I know you guys is <laughs> like because right. I'm the barista in the morning and because um, like I moved here during the pandemic. All I had was like my mom and my dad. And then we would like come to Pike and Blow just to get coffee. But like even that was like kind of under jurisdiction. And so, and like all of my friends were all back in Waco and, um, there was kind of like all over the place. I was just like, how are you? What's going on? My church wasn't here. No one was here. And, and immediately like right after, um, I finished my last final, I got like the text message from my dad. He's like, Hey, Jeremy's hiring for a barista. And I was like, perfect. Let's go. Cause I've always wanted to be a barista in college. And so that just really opened up all of the doors and it let me into going into big seed and um into the curve open trail system and just meeting so many different people it was just like i'm so like beyond blessed of having it so but yeah it's incredible the other thing i kind of wanted to touch on too and i don't know if this is your experience but a lot of times people don't change or grow unless they have to you know until the pain of not changing is greater than the pain of 
changing. Am I saying that right? Yeah. It's easier to change than it is to stay. And I think that's something we all kind of, I have to be really cognizant. I think as I get more, oh, I've made this life's choice and I've made this life choice and I feel really settled and excited about where I'm at, but I need to remember how do I keep growing yeah. uh, even though I don't have to. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. My husband and I were just talking about like just getting outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of it, right? Is is uh, what's what is the definition of insanity? Is doing the same thing over and over again. And yeah. I think a lot of people live that life. Yeah. Right. They mm-hmm. don't even realize it, but they live the same life over and over. And um, I think there's something to, you know, switching it up. And 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 yeah, that's where the growth happens. And getting a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And finding what direction you need to move in while still staying grounded in your values, of course. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think um, having an entrepreneurial spirit kind of leads to that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like change. I'm I'm the girl who like switches up her house all the time, like just rearranges the <laughs> furniture. So do I. Like I'm, I yeah. So I'm, I always love a new project. That's the Enneagram 7 in me. Yes. Very I seven. love a new thing. I love to get things started and change. And so, and I love the growth that happens in all of it. So I have to ask you, so, sure. so I rearrange my furniture about mm, every six to nine months yeah. Italy, or yeah, maybe more than that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jason is just like, so used to like, he comes home oh, yeah. and he's like, Oh, well this is in this room and the couch is in a different place and this is this. And at first he was like, Oh, and now he's like, I don't even, no. you know, yeah. it just feels good to move the energy around in the space or yes. find where that chair really should go or yes. maybe mm-hmm. it's like a spatial intelligence kind of thing. I don't question anymore. I've been doing it since I was like nine. Oh, I no. too. My yeah, mom I, let me I, rearrange. Oh, yeah. God bless her when I was like nine or 10 years <laughs> old all the time, all oh, the yeah. furniture in the house. When I, when I was a kid, I always like, re- I think like every like six ish months, if I remember correctly, like I would always like rearrange my room and that was when I would like actually clean it and like, just change everything up about it and it felt good it is it does you know that was like the frustrating thing with like college was i didn't really get to do all that because i'm like you're gonna move anyway just leave it where it's at and so but i can and i now i i can't move anything because everything is so large in my room you can come to my house and move i understand the need it's like an itch i just hung my couch in my living room (gasps) Oh, like a swing? Did you hear me? <laughs> like, oh my um, gosh. Is yes. like a swing? Yes. Can I go and over listen, to your house? No one should ever have a house again that does not have a couch swing. That's amazing. It That's is incredible. the best thing in the whole wide world. We have like um, tresses from the ceiling. And I hung basically one of those like outdoor, like it's a single bed. Yes, I've seen that. I had, I had somebody locally make it. Yes. It is, listen, it's the hands down the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. It sits right in front of the fireplace. I cannot wait for it to be cold. Somebody told me yesterday, though, that it is supposed to be a mild winter. I heard it's supposed to be a cold winter. No. Oh. I think it's a pretty mild winter, unfortunately. You know, we but need that anyways. after the freeze. Just no. now. I in- anyway. I will say I did enjoy the, like, intense family time for that one week of, like, us. No TV, no media, just puzzles, going to bed at 8 o'clock at night when it got dark and... It was, I, yeah. I mean, I, it, there was other things, obviously, and it was very hard for a lot of people. We didn't have water and electricity. And I feel like we got off easy, but I enjoyed the family, we, the family time. Yeah. yeah. We, it was, it was funny because we had electricity the entire time because we were on like the state hospital power grid. So we were fine yeah. in terms of electricity, but we had no water. So we were just constantly shoveling up snow and just trying to melt it so we can just fill all of the, um, toilets and everything and we just it's real glamorous it, it was very glamorous I'm like you know we were like one step away from camping we're basically camping at <laughs> yes. this point yes yeah, but we have the electricity that's the only thing so we would I think like it was weird because we stayed up so late we just kept staying up and I'm like why why are we doing this but it, it's because like that little spark like little part of our house is actually like very very warm because it has like windows and stuff so we were just like yeah we're fine right here and that yeah. and that's it and but I think it yeah. changed people's concept of time during that week. When yeah. you don't have power, it, you get on a different rhythm. So well, yeah. yeah, and everything was closed, and so you weren't doing your normal oh, routine yeah, no. things. I, I'm, I get all wacky when, like, there's just one-day school holiday. 
Like, for the rest of the week, I, I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> like, like, if my Monday does not start on Monday, then I don't even know. Oh, my gosh. So you're an Enneagram 7. Yes. Y'all both are. Yes. Can you explain to everyone briefly what that is? Uh, it means that you would you were the person that would hang a couch in your living room. <laughs> okay. Because it's about, like, fun. Okay. It's, it, it's like the person that just kind of is just the most, like, Ex, the most extrovert, very joyful, um, Sees always the good in everything. Yeah, like, jack of all trades, which which described you very well. Yes. And um, it's just kind of that person that you're just like, are are you never not happy? Like a, a good example, like an Enneagram Seven was like Robin Williams, and so just those very happy people. Poor Robin Bob, Williams. Bob Goff. Yes. Bob Goff. Enneagram Seven. Okay. Um, so that's kind of, so at your best, you're having fun and feeling inspired yeah, well, yeah. and creative. I mean, right. Yeah. Enneagram is all about like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. also the worst part about us. Right. right. Yeah. We're we always searching for the fun. We always, sometimes we don't see the bad things when they're right in front of us. Yeah. Right. It's kind of. Don't like to deal with negative emotions. No. Right. No, 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 no confrontation. No negativity of any kind. At all. Please Keep no. Away. Okay. No drama. Yeah. So no. how do y'all balance that? Because I know it's like, I'm the seven. I mean, I'm not the seven, but I like learning about others. I'm a four, yeah. the individualist. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I can read the four and I'm like, I feel that so hard, but I, it's, but I'm not It's though. why we came together for the yes. podcast. We gravitated <laughs> towards each other. I under, like, I get the Enneagram seven, like four a lot, but, um, I think for me, it's just, I'm still trying to figure it out because I get really amped up and I get kind of, I get very, I'm like very positive for the most part, but then I also kind of, I let negative energy affect me, even though I don't want it to affect me a lot. And so I'm still, I, I'm still learning the balance, but I guess like one of the best ways for sevens to do it is just to kind of be bored. Like basically, right. that's basically what it right. is. Because sevens always want to keep going and going and going and okay. going and going. So, yeah. Perfect example of exactly where I am in my life right now. Okay. Because <laughs> you're saying you're I, in. Right. I'm kind of in between seasons. I, I literally, I just took my, my, my first child off to college and I finished the second vacation rental that we have. Hugely so successful, by the way. They're doing very well. Very happy. Very fun. And um, so that's kind of on management mode. And so I'm in this space where like. I, I feel like I, I know God is telling me sit, wait, like do your yeah. own work. Like it's it's not time to move forward yet into yeah. other projects or going back to to my podcast or any yeah. of those kind of things. And so, um, it is a hard place for a seven to be to not yeah. have a project. Um, but what it does is it forces me to do all of those things I should have been doing, mm -hmm. um, like making sure I'm taking care of myself, um, you know, digging in, you know, one of, one of the things, um, uh, which she, she was kind of saying that, that rest period, I have always, at least for the last, maybe it's probably been eight years now. I journal every morning. Um, right. So I, I, I have, that. um, I have a, a specific process that I use and I, um, I sit every single morning with God and, and we, we just, I let him tell me where we're going, and and that for me um, helps ground me mm -hmm. and keep me um, from constantly being on the go, go, go. Because I was that girl who was involved with everything. That mm -hmm. was a thousand percent me in college. I I said yeah. You yes. pretty much said you had like a triple major. Is what yeah. I was hearing. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When we when we moved here. And I think, you know, maybe part of it was trying to, like, plug myself into the community after feeling so lonely. Um, but uh, I said yes to everything. I mean, I was on the chamber board. I was right. on Perfest. I did, like, you name it. I was the head of downtown. I, you name mm -hmm. it, I said yes to it. And, um, and it really, like, it covered me up and almost buried me. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. great. But then you're like, yeah. oh, it's too much. Well, and I think, you know, after sitting back and looking, I I've watched all my friends go through it. It's kind of this like mid thirties thing that happens. And I don't know if it's approve yourself or I'm, I'm only worthy if I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I finally had to like stop that crazy train mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
do what I say, like, like pull off the weeds of busyness. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one by one, I literally, I, I sat down and I made a list of all the things I would be doing if I wasn't so busy. Mm-hmm. And it was things like take care of my health, spend more time with my parents and, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, there was, a, there was a bunch of things on that list. And so once I saw the like, why am I not doing these things now? These are the things that are really important to me. I literally started like saying no. And I, I like resigned from this and I resigned from that. And I even like, I, I had to like create a no speech. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, oh, yeah. if you're not prepared to say yeah. no, you won't say no. Because people yeah. want you to say yes. Well, so they do all they the different. Do. Yes. If you're a doer, mm-hmm. I think we're all doers here. Yeah. If you're a doer, like there's only a percentage of us and we do it all. Yeah. yeah. And that it's the, they always say, the, give something to someone absolutely busy. Absolutely the truth. Right. Yeah. And so, and, but we, I also, I like to be wanted too. Right. So like, I'm always flattered. It's good when to somebody be says, needed. Yes. No. Um, but I realized that like, if I wasn't prepared to say no, I wasn't going to do it. And so I created a no speech and at the time I had chickens, so it worked, but I don't have chickens anymore. So. <laughs> but I would tell people like, Hey, thank you like so much for asking me. But here's the deal. I, I don't like to do anything unless I can give 110% to it. And yeah. right now with what I have on my plate, I just can't. And if I say yes to this, um, either my husband, my kids, my dogs, or my chickens won't get fed and one of them might die. And you don't want that kind of blood on your hands, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty and good speech. And they're always, like, oh, they totally understand. laugh and you'd be like, they were like, they got in, they understood. They, yeah. they, they understood where I was coming from. But it allowed me the permission to say no. And yeah. authentically say no. Authentically say Mom no. be like, oh, I'm so busy. Or, oh, yeah, no. let me get back to that. Or, because, I mean, yeah. I, I said no to things that, like, I had been begging to say yes to for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I knew it was time to, to say no. And, um, and the arrogance is that when... When we say yes, a lot of times we think that nobody else can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I'm here to tell you from experience they can. For sure. You know, and, and if it's important, somebody will pick up the ball and run. And Sometimes nine times they out need of, to. Yes, and nine times out of ten, like, that person would never have risen to the challenge that they'd always wanted to do had you not step, stepped aside. A hundred percent. So. 100%. Actually, yeah. there's nothing more I love than seeing someone rise to the occasion and be like this was yours this was never mine you know yeah I'm definitely in a point now too where I love and I think maybe we'll segue into like I don't want to talk about pandemics so much but it you know was a big part of the last couple years of our lives everybody kind of realigned their values and I guess we all did it what felt different is I've been doing that my whole life Mm -hmm. but we all did it together and at the same time the whole world was like what do we believe in what's important to us what's worth our time where do we want to spend our energy? And I personally keep a real short list and I keep it in order and it makes it really easy to be like, am I living things that are in my priorities or not? Right. And yeah. if, and it's really amazing to me how many things fall outside of that. And I just say, you know, my priorities are like me, my self care, my relationship with my higher power, my family, my husband, you know, my daughter, my friends and work. And yeah. it's kind of in that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it makes it really easy to say yes and no to things. Yes. But I appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable about all that. Cause I think these are the kinds of conversations that we all like to have and want to have, but yeah. sometimes we don't create the space. And so thank you for saying yes to us yeah. and making us, <laughs> making welcome. it a priority to share. You know, I think women have a lot of these conversations one-on-one, yeah. but I think Alice and I really felt like there was a space for them to share them in the community and help bring along the next generation of women yeah. in Kerrville and just talk about them in a little bit more of a public sphere. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole kind of point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think there was like one point in like my in college and it was – um, I, going into my junior year, and I just had an incredible summer. Just um, like I traveled, and I got to actually see the world, and I kind of got a little glimpse of like what I wanted to do with my life. Um, when I went to Rwanda the first time, yeah. and doing video content, and I, I brought that um, into like what Story Garden is all about, and 
So I was like, oh, I had like a glimpse of like what I wanted to do with my life. And um, so I went back to college. I'm like, great. So we're doing the same thing that we did exactly last year. And that really bugged me. And I hated it. And I was, and it got me into this point where like, I would like be praying and praying and praying. I'm like, God, can you like bring something new, something new, something new? And then also, and on top of it, I was adding more and more and more. And he was just like, you just need to be, you need to be still. And that's it. And I'm like, anything else? Yeah. Anything else? I don't really like still. I don't like, be, <laughs> no, I'm like no. be still, be still about what? And it would get yeah. me so frustrated. And then I got to a point where I was just constantly moving and moving and moving. And, and at Baylor, you're, if you're in a sorority or if you're in a church setting, you're constantly busy. And I was in both. And then I also was working at the same time at a job that was very, very demanding a little bit. And so I was just constant. And I, on top of that, I had like 18 hours worth of coursework and I was just dying. Basically, I was just so miserable. And I was like, okay, so I, and I reached like my breaking point. I'm like, I'm tired and I can't do this anymore. And so I was just like, okay, um, so how are we going to fix this? And so I had to like drop class, which was, God was like, I told you to rest. I know. Yeah. I was just like, be still yeah. and you need to, you need to chill for a second. And, um, and I, like, I cut back on a lot of the engagements I was supposed to be a part of and just kind of chilled out a little more and, and then like, and I did the same thing senior year. I was like, I'm not going to do this because I already did this. So I'm good. And yeah. so it was just, it was just kind of nice because it, it, it really did teach me of like, when like, you need to like, remember, like, can you do this right now? And actually like really think about it and like, what's it going to take away from and, it's and not, all of that. And can you do it? Yeah. Should you should do you? it? It's, yeah. It should you do it? We, I can do a lot. Oh, I for mean, that's, sure. I, I think that was part of my arrogance in those early years was just like, oh, I can do this and I can rock it. And, uh, but I never stopped to think like, but should I? It's kind of like that yeah. saying I've heard, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said now? And does it need to be said by me? You can be like, do I need to do it? Do I need yeah, to, you yeah. know? Yeah. And usually it's not very often that all three line up. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to mm -hmm. lead into, because I loved what you said about like a glimpse and I think yeah. we're lucky in life when we get a handful of those glimpses that show us like the big picture and help push us in a direction. Yeah. And so I had that question about, can you talk a little bit about intuition and inspiration and how it guides you? And I guess we've been kind of talking about that, about being still and listening and resting. Yeah. How do you, how, can you articulate, how do you know like, oh, this is inspiration and something I need to move in or is this me just wanting to stay busy. So it's interesting. So for me, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about my, my time in my journal and, mm -hmm. um, the way God speaks to me through music, through secular books, through, I mean, people, I mean, he's, he's used Justin Bieber before to teach me a lesson. Yeah. You just never know where it comes from. And so, but I mean like a perfect example, um, of how God speaks to me and it is um, repetition. Mm -hmm. So um, I always tell people like, if he's if he wants you to do something, he's going to tell you over and over and over again because we are all hard headed mm -hmm. and we don't listen very well. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I know I. No, me <laughs> I too. I fall into both of those categories, and so um, it's usually something that's that that comes again and again, um, whether it's on my heart and a symbol or whatever it happens to be, and so. Um, we had actually just finished the first vacation rental and I kind of felt the same thing of like God just being like, nope, be still, chillax, you know, I'm not ready for you to move, you know, forward with anything at this point. And, um, and so maybe about four weeks later, I kind of just felt like this stirring, like I restlessness, I'm, I think I'm supposed to, but it wasn't like oh. a, I was restless. It was like, you need to go out and, and, and like drive the neighborhoods and look at houses. Okay, gotcha. Like I felt mm -hmm. permission. It was the first time I had felt permission to go do that. Before I felt very much a hand um, on me to wait. And um, So yeah. what, you weren't pushing. I wasn't pushing and I was just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go drive around the neighborhood and I didn't see anything. And I, but so, and I had come back to our vacation rental and I had, as I pulled into there, I had remembered that our, um, one of our renters had accidentally thrown a dart 
into the side into the yard of the people next door that they were renovating the space the house next door and I saw a contractor there and I was like hey knock 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 can I go grab the the dart that's in your backyard and he was like yeah yeah, sure come through the house and and this house was like a crack house with the last time I had seen it and they had completely renovated it and I walked in and I was like oh wow oh my gosh and so I went and got that um the dart out of there and I came back out and I literally went straight to Patrick and I was like, I think we're supposed to buy this house. Like, Ooh. I feel like God let me right to this house. And I like with a shooting dart, like with a shooting yeah. dart. <laughs> <laughs> this is right here to be. And then, but then it was so absurd, like that I was just like, okay, like if, if this really is what you want me to do, like you're going to have to make this happen. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, you're, it was really one of those. It was right in the middle of when everything started going crazy with real estate Mm-hmm. And yeah. Blah blah blah. And anyways, long story short, all of the doors opened, right? Without my help, you know, the people were in place. The things worked. The number was exactly what it had to be. It always in order happens to make all like the that. Things yeah. Work. Yeah. And it was like every every step Lined it was up. like okay, yes, and it was like yes, 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 and um, and that's also that's that just staying open and listening and um, yeah, all of that. But then so finally go and get our um a short-term rental permit and it was kind of a little I won't say fight fight's not the right word but like you know I had I had to address some concerns in the neighborhood a lot of people are scared yeah having a short-term rental next door I think the tides are turning and I think that the I mean the people are understanding the value that it brings to the community now but I think people uh, had to go before and Uh, be explained a lot of it is is based off of unfounded fears Mm -hmm. like Fear that there's going to be loud parties. Fear that there's going to be unsafe things happening. Fears that uh, trash is going to be and traffic is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which, which and we we were operating one in their neighborhood for an entire year, and not yeah. once did any of those things come to fruition. They didn't even really realize it was happening. Yeah, changed. Anyway, yeah. So, anyways, the whole point of story is, we finally get it approved. Everything goes through city council and Patrick and I had to go back to the new house and check the hot tub. And, uh, we walked into the backyard and there was a dart in the exact same spot. Oh, it was like full circle. Like, like literally was God was like, okay, I told you I was going to, I told you I was going to make this happen. I told you, you know, this is right where you're supposed to be. And had you asked me, you know, you were talking about like a glimpse of what you, what you thought you wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, had you asked me a, that we would own a restaurant, I would have told you you were smoking crack. (laughs) Um, because actually owning a restaurant was our never list. Like Pat and I were like, Mm. those people work too hard. We will never do that. I hear it's really hard. It's a hard business. It's a hard Um, business. But, uh, but it's also been a, a really amazing blessing to our family. So, but you know, and then same thing, like, had you told us that we were going to be in the vacation rental business, we would have told you, no, that's silly. And it, it just, it all, like, it all happens like that if you stay open to what that next thing is. And the cool thing about perspective is you can look back and you're talking about, you know, college and how, how what you learned then, like, comes back to you now and it applies in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that way about everything we've done in the past. Like, yeah. it leads you to that next thing. And that next thing may not look like the thing you're doing now. But you have to be careful not to hold too tight to where you are right now that you don't see that next yeah. cool step and that next cool thing that, you know. I love that you reference the pages, though, because I think a lot of people can see that or hear that. And they're like, yeah, but how do I do that? In morning pages or journaling or, you know, I was first introduced to it, too, and called the, the book The Artist Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a very practical way to like clean the clutter out, get so, out of your head, oh, yeah. get in tune, get in the flow, whatever you want to call well, it. Well, and it's interesting. I think, and everybody does it differently. I don't do it that way. I don't do the artist way. Um, uh, it's, so my journaling is not necessarily about um, the past or what I did today or You're yesterday just- or whatever. No. Um, so I, at the very top of my journal, I write basically what's going on that day more more like for frame of reference so that when I look back at it I'll know like what was happening that day or maybe something the day before right so to give me a frame of reference um and then I write down um I reflect um on the day before so I write down something that brought me joy some goodness that I'm grateful for and um the growth that I saw 
mm-hmm. um, in Ooh. the day before, as well as um, I look at the weeds mm-hmm. in my life, which are the things that keep me from doing the things I'm supposed to do and growing the things I'm supposed to grow. So that busyness. Uh, busyness is a yeah. weed. Anger is a weed. Jealousy is a weed. Yeah. Um, uh, a million things can be. I mean, fun can be a weed. Okay, yeah. Too much fun, too much right? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then I read. Um, so I read devotionals or uh, meditate or something, and then I write down what I call like aha. Where, From you know, that, yes, yeah. like you know, like okay. when you're hearing somebody speak and they say that one thing that that you sometimes like look around you, like did everybody did did everybody else know that that person was talking directly to me? Like yeah. So when you're reading, it's the same thing. Like you you're like oh that's the word what I needed to that's hear. That's the one I need to hear. So I write all that down and. Um, uh, And then I write down what I call seeds, um, which are the things that I want to grow. So kind of like those things like, um, you know, I move every day. Um, You know, I am the best wife and mother I can be. All the the things that I always want to be or maybe I'm not yet. um, uh, I write those down um, and then I write down two things that I'll uh, I'll water that day. So things that I'll love that. So it's all about my well-tended life. (laughs) Very I am not a morning person, yeah. but I know doing this would fundamentally change my life. Like I, I will say I wasn't a morning person, but I trained for a half marathon for a year and I woke up every morning at 6.30. So I do think it is a little bit of mind over matter and discipline because yes. once you've gotten that routine... It but does. I think having an accountability partner. So if you start yeah. doing it, we can do it together. Let's do it. T- we can do it together, Catherine. Cause Cause I, I really love that because that's like the one thing I kind of feel like I'm missing out of my life. Cause like when I was in college, I was able to get up kind of early and I had like my, like, I think, I think I gave myself like at least like 15 to 20 minutes just to kind of like sit and like read my Bible and just kind of pray and like whatever. And I, I so miss that just a little bit. So, yeah. but like, I, I try to substitute that with like what I listen to in the morning, which would, so like I listened to, um, like the one year of the Bible. Oh yeah. I've done would, that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to catch up cause I'm like so far behind. Don't worry about it, girl. Yeah. yeah. He's working on it. So far behind. Yeah. But, um, but like listening to that and also like listening to sermons and, or like listening to like, I would just listen, like. The first year, I just listened to worship music the entire, like, all morning. And I loved it. I love worship music. Yeah. It was kind of your self-care routine. Yeah. Yeah. I have girlfriends who wake up, I mean, so in awe of them. They wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, and they read for, like, two hours. I can't do They have their tea, their cup of coffee, and it's their quiet time. Yeah. You know, they don't necessarily have, like, a spiritual tradition, but they, that is their time to check in with themselves, get clear, and... I need to do more of that. And also, I want to do it more for creating it. I want my daughter to see me doing it. I Listen, yeah. that alone, mm-hmm. um, they see that, like, they know, my family knows. Like, sometimes I have to reset boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. have to be like, hey, remember when mom has her journal in her hand, mm-hmm. um, you know, they know what I'm doing in there. And they, they know, and I'll come out some days and be like, oh, my gosh, let me tell you what God did today. Yeah, you know, and I get you get to the point where you literally get up excited about what you might see or hear or read, and there's always some little nugget that always. you, oh, you take always. with you. And my favorite thing is, is I do it Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday or Sunday, just kind of depending how my weekend goes, um, I go back and I read the week. Oh, cool! And because sometimes you don't hear the things that are being said right in the moment, Until and then later, mm-hmm, and then you go back and you read it, and you're like. Oh, had I just listened? Yeah, <laughs> I could have gotten this three days sooner. Be in the, the pissy con, you know, contest that I am in right now. If I and I just paid attention, um, but it just shows you all the little nuggets that were left behind. Yeah, uh, behind you. So that's awesome. Well, can we talk about what's really inspiring you right now during your rest period? You had mentioned Gosh. pre-show you were doing a lot of knitting and yes, creative. not knitting, embroidery. Oh, embroidery. Yeah. embroidery. The difference then there is embroidery. Um, gosh, what is inspiring me right now? Um, Good question. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> like as, as silly and as happy as this sounds, like my husband. Aww. Like we just celebrated 23 years of marriage. Um, I think like 27 together. Mm-hmm. I think you get credit for those other years, don't you? Yes. Foundational. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, like I'm, it's, 
I'm just loving him and, and loving our, like, and oh, and I have an only child now. Like, I had two kids before. Yeah. And now we have an only child. And it's, um, it's another, like, kind of cool. Changes the family dynamic. The whole dynamics. Yeah. Totally. Totally change. Um, which is actually funny because it's my kid who left. So, like, I, I'm, mm. like, the weird third wheel now. Like, the, I'm basically, like, yeah. living yeah, in a yeah. house with twins. <laughs> like, they're the same people. And I'm, like, okay, but I need somebody who gets me over here. So, everyone wants to have to call my, my, my son and be, like, okay, can I be punny with you? Because you're the only one who gets my punny jokes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, nobody, everybody here rolls their eyes at me. That's know? hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think that's probably what I'm, what I'm being inspired by is um, – you know, just, uh, just the simplicity. Yeah. Watching them grow in their own ways. My husband's about to do a, an Ironman in the spring. And it's incredible. So he's like really digging into his health and fitness. And, um, my daughter awesome. is now <clears throat> in remission with lupus. And so that's, that's awesome. a battle. And so just kind of like watching my son's killing it at college, like thriving and loving. I mean, he literally had, he had to leave to go home on a couple Sundays ago, and we were like, why are you rushing home? Well, he was like, well, we have family dinner. Okay, so he has family dinner with his, like, roommate and a bunch of other people, and they all cook dinner at one person's house, and then they watch a sermon, and then they all, like, they did this all on their own. Oh, like a so Friendsgiving. Like, yes, like, yes, but they do it every single Sunday. So, that's like, awesome. I just, uh, so I think I'm just, like, sitting back in, in awe of, like, what's happening in my yeah. family life. I love uh, which that. Uh, many times I, I'm ashamed to say, to say that I, I was too busy. Oh, I to yeah. really see I'm so it, guilty see of it. Through it. I feel like that was um, my gift of the pandemic is that <clears throat> for about six weeks, I slowed down and really, really deeply connected again with my daughter and my husband and just got on that rhythm of yeah. I felt like, yeah, where I needed to be. See, and it's interesting, and I hear, I I know a lot of people had that experience, but, like, we went to work. Yeah. Like, we, like, had to go rescue our business and figure out how to make a restaurant run without having the doors open and all that. Um, So the pandemic looked a little different for us. um, Oh, sure, uh, as business owners. Uh, But we did the same thing, though. We just, um, we... We, we didn't clean out our own closets. We cleaned out our business closets. Yeah. We cleaned out our, all uh, my closets. Yeah, all, all the things, yeah. yes. It's really, I think it's going to be really interesting five years from now to look back and see how it's changed us, kind of like the ripple effects in long yeah. term. Well, it's, I, yeah. It was sad because I, I don't feel like I really got that out of the pandemic because... You didn't the, get to walk. Well, because the teacher, like, the t- everyone freaked out out of the pandemic in college. It was just yeah. very interesting to like kind of watch, and and you can tell that they freaked out because at Baylor everything was very your grade like counted at your attendance. Yeah. So like that was like a huge part of your grade, all across the board, and which was very beneficial. Yeah. However, when you're not at school and the teachers, I only had like one teacher that did an actual Zoom class, and so everyone else. Did, made us do extra work and so I just felt like I was constantly busy and yeah. even if I did like five hours straight of homework of work I was never done mm-hmm. and you know part of me was like you know I kind of I'm very thankful for that because it allowed me to just kind of not focus on what everything that's going on in the world because I really stressed me out and you know it was constantly seeing yeah it was very overwhelming right. and constantly seeing it every single day so I was really glad that I was busy and but I also also was glad that like my dad was there the whole time because he he changed and worked from home and I was very thankful like the, there was like I think there was like two times or three times where my parents were both at work out of the whole six six weeks or six weeks or so and right. I barely got anything done. I was like low key depressed and I was like, I need people, I need people around me and stuff. So I didn't really feel like I got any of like, Oh, I got to kind of calm down Mm -hmm. and just kind of enjoy everything. Let me ask you this. As an Enneagram seven, I know I'm not the interviewer. (laughs) Oh no, I love it. Enneagram seven. Do you, cause I have to shield myself from the news. Oh Um, yeah. I do too. I have to be really careful about, 
because I there's so much negativity out there that it like so I lot. found it very overwhelming. So I just I don't interact with it. No, it's funny because I I couldn't really shield myself because I live with the news. Well, <laughs> so, and I yeah. have told your father like, he, it's actually the only thing that I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is his the newsletter. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because it gives me enough without the negativity like it's just the news it's 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 not it's not so deep right there if you want to go deep you can go deep but like I've I've loved it it's actually the first time I've had news in my life in a really long time yeah I think for me I just I don't try to go down the rabbit holes I just like like if there's like the New York Post like where it has like the Apple news I'm like okay cool Alec Baldwin accidentally shot shot somebody great moving on um you know I just I think it's, it has to come to the point where, you know, you, yes, that's all happening in the world, but you need to focus on, like, your little world right yes. now, and you can't let the world just like, affect you, um, which is, and there's, like, some points where, like, you know, you have to let the world affect you, um, and, sure, it's a and, balance. And, and, and in order to just, to grow and to understand what's going on, and I had to do that with a few causes and stuff, and, for sure, and, but, you know, it's, it is that balance of, like, okay, if everyone is talking about this on, like, Instagram or whatever, okay, I'm going to look into it and see what the heck is going on. And, but if it's, like, you know, it's something kind of monotonous or whatever that doesn't all the way affect me and doesn't affect my world completely, then it's... Not worth my time. Yeah. It's just kind of learning, you know, you know, picking out which yeah. one, which works, which doesn't work, and... What will change your, what will benefit you in the future? What won't benefit you and what will help you grow and whatever. So that's kind of, I guess that's kind of how I gauge it in a sense. And I have so much respect for this generation that's growing up that has always had an extreme amount of information Mm -hmm. thrown at them and have never grown up in a world where there hasn't just been this overflow of technology because I grew up in the hybrid of like, oh, we can just turn it off. Oh, we don't have, I grew up in a world before cell phones. I grew up in a world, I didn't have a computer in my house until I was like 17, 18 years old. So I knew what it was like to not have it. Right. Yeah. And I think my approach to self-regulating around media literacy and all of that is probably easier in some ways than you, like you had, it was always on and you had to all of a sudden be like, wait a second, how am I going to turn this off in a way that you didn't even know I can turn it off? You know, that's a whole different experience. And you know, the, it, then my set of experiences around it, you know, so kudos to you. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And that's something like in college, especially they really kind of taught us a little bit. It was just like, okay, you need to check out your sources and try to figure out the gauge and whatever. But then also it's just like, you know, just turn it off just, you know, and kind of learning how to turn it off. Whereas you guys were like, Oh yeah, you can turn like, yeah. Like being allowed think it's like being like being allowed to turn yourself off and turning off the world that's that's when everyone has to yeah and everybody has to learn that at some point yes that's why i love west texas (laughs) yes it's like no that's my that's my turn off so i guess oh my gosh this has been so amazing i know this has been fun thank you it's good good guest good guest do you want to do the final question? Okay. Final question is, how do you do it? <laughs> we like to ask everyone, like, what advice you have for the next generation of women yeah. or, um, you know, things that you've shared, if you would tell your younger self or. Yeah. I mean, I would tell my younger self, like, don't worry about not knowing what you want to do. Yeah. Maybe, or grow, um, that that will come and that, you know there's lots of adventures ahead of you um gosh you know what was the second question there was two questions right, <laughs> uh, right. so like the fr- like how do you how do I, how do, I do it yeah how do you right? do it so, yeah like you do it differently in every single season yeah and I think that's probably something that you know like nobody told me that I would have like even different friends in different seasons yeah mm. you know and at the, or if there were even different seasons of life, I don't think I realized that kind of growing up. And um, 
each season you do things differently. Yeah. Like I'm going to do something differently when I have a three-year-old like you do mm -hmm. um, versus having one in college and one at home. Um, and so I think one of the things that I tell people is like know your season Ooh. like check in with yourself often because like seasons can last two weeks mm -hmm. like or a six-week pandemic or like or two it, years or two years right yeah. it, can, it can be different and um knowing what season you're in helps you to say yes to the right things and no to the right things yeah. right and um but it also helps you better understand um you and and what you can and can't can't do mm -hmm. um you know in a season where you're going to school and have young ones then you know maybe then you know taking on you know five different boards five, right <laughs> is probably you know maybe not the right thing to do yeah um but but know where you are mm -hmm. um and savor it savor where you are yeah um you know if we learned anything from this past weekend in the crash and and even the pandemic, oh, yeah. it's that, like, we're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. And I know I've spent too much time in the past and way too much time in the future because I'm a planner. Oh, yeah. Too. Well, I love to plan. Love to plan. And for me, that takes away from today. Yeah. Um, and so for me right now, that's also my big thing is just trying – really hard to stay in this moment with who I'm with not thinking about the next thing you know even as a writer like and or podcast y'all are you know you're always mm -hmm. thinking about you know what to ask a question next what to I do, know what I'm to, like yeah. Yeah. my phone like, like we got the next question like, yeah. Oh, yeah and then you're like okay okay no Carrie come back here stay here yeah don't think about the next thing um and be present so because this is all we, we get this right now for sure at least I know I love that what is like the one thing that you um, would want to tell like women in general about just like anything like like one little piece of advice for like business or life or yeah like your worth is not your to-do list mm. um, and also like it's never too late to go back to work to you on you yeah um, uh, you know we didn't talk about this but my great-great-grandmother wrote The Secret Garden and um, you know, that book is really like, it, it's all about hope and magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and really the theme of the story is that, you know, it doesn't matter like how locked up and weed filled your life is right now. It can grow and bloom again with the help of, of, of magic. And really magic is a four letter word and it's work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's literally opening the door, pulling out the weeds, saying no, um, only planting things purposefully, not just randomly, yeah. um, leaving room, um, enlisting help of friends, you mm -hmm. know, all of those things, um, you know, it, it, it's work. It doesn't matter. Good it's work. work. It's all, yeah. Yeah. But life's yeah. work. Like, and I don't think people tell you that, like, I think, you know, life is this big fairy tale that we see on TV. That's or where on the Instagram. meaning is though. Right? That's oh, where yeah, the meaning sure. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm you saying. Know, yeah. But like. I think that's part of the problem is like you're, you know, you're the name of the thing is like how, how do you do it? And it's because most people stand back and you go like, oh, she owns a restaurant and she has vacation rentals and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's a whole lot of work. Yeah. Um, all of it is. Um, but I also, you know, I make time to go for walks and, you know, do my Bible study and all of those things and intentional, um, intentional with your time. Yeah. yeah. Make time for friends every Thursday here with my girlfriend. Yes. It's so much fun hearing all their conversations. They're, they're always laughing. It's great. Careful. Oh my gosh. I have the funniest friends yes. ever. Good girlfriends. Oh, they're, they're so they're much better than that. They're great. It's the best. Well, thank you. Thank you thank so you much. Yeah, thank I feel you. like I got so much out of this. I hope you enjoyed being here. Awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Carrie. Like hanging with friends. Yes. I'm so I am glad I actually we got to have a full conversation yes. without any customers disturbing. So awesome. Yes. All right, well guys, thank you so much for listening in and we'll be back next week with uh Leslie. Yes, Leslie okay. Jones. Yes. Oh, I love her. She's one of my <laughs> favorite people. Yeah, she's awesome doing good things. No, she gets on roller skates. Yes. I can't wait Which to talk I to her about roller that's derby. When like I knew I loved her, but then when <laughs> I like saw that she was on roller skates, I was like 
oh, you are a whole new level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, like, she's one of my favorite people yeah. ever. I'm so excited to talk to I'm excited to talk to her and about roller derby because I get that from um, Catherine Dover, Dover. Yeah, and she talks about roller derby, which is I'm I'm really excited. So like I feel like I want to have that little bit of badass inside of me, but I'm just not sure I am. Yeah. No, I, I don't like yeah. confrontation, and I feel like, and there's a potential uh, yeah. for getting hurt, and I don't really I like the potential yeah. can't, No, that's why I really want to get into it with her and like ask her about it. Yeah, but I know I, I have lots of like, questions. Can I give you a list? You know, like, <laughs> how can you be like on a roller derby and then be like out of my way? I'll be like, oh, I'm much more of like, hey, let's hold hands and roller skate together. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably too nice. <laughs> oh, for like, sure. I'm gonna need you to scooch over. Yeah, like, you, I don't like, think that's how roller derby works at all. You need to go slightly to the left. Thank you. All right. Well, sorry. I know. I, I know. <laughs> we all know that Carrie is going to be listening in to yes, this next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Woo! Boom. this conversation as much as we did join us again every wednesday for a new episode of how we do it find us on story garden co for more exclusive content also a big thank you to the kerr county lead for producing the show and for pike and plow brewing for letting us use the space see you next wednesday